Welcome to Copilots, the podcast where we watch not just the first episode of a show, but also the second. Some shows don't have the best pilot episode, but given that second chance might just change your mind. Here we take that chance for you and let you know our opinion on if a show deserves more than just one shot. I'm Justice. Alongside me is my co-pilot, Josh. Now, let's get ready for takeoff. Your in-flight entertainment this time will be Bubkiss. Doesn't that just mean nothing? Yeah, no, they don't get in flight entertainment this time. We didn't fill up to doing it, but technically from our own self-mandated schedule, we need to release an episode. So this episode is just a bumper telling you there is no episode. And then we're going to let like an hour of silence follow this announcement. Uh, did we agree to that or was that your idea? You're the one that told me we were reviewing Bubkiss. Yeah, but like the show on Peacock. How am I supposed to review nothing? To be fair, when I first suggested the show, you legitimately thought it wasn't a show. Yeah, but I only thought that for like three seconds. But during those three seconds, my brain was like, fuck. Okay, we got to scramble to find something. And then I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's a show called that. I saw an ad for it because my television gives me ads. Yeah, it's actually Pete Davidson's new sitcom comedy show. It's vaguely like Seinfeld or Curb Your Enthusiasm in that it's a comedian writing and directing a show where it's based off real life events that's happened to them. Yeah, but, but dramatized. It is, yeah, it's not really autobiographical. It's, it's just, just influenced. Yeah, it's based off real life experiences that we've had, but obviously fictionalized and dramatized for TV purposes. There's a bumper at the beginning of each of these episodes that is essentially a disclaimer that like no celebrities in the show are. It also is like this show is Bubkiss, which yeah, it's nothing. The show is nothing. I don't know if Bubkiss is like Hebrew. It's Yiddish, I believe. Yiddish, that's what I meant. Yeah, I don't know because like a lot of Yiddish words are also Germanic in origin, Mm -hmm. like kaput, which is a Yiddish word, but it's also literally a German word that means the same thing. Yeah, no. uh... Bubkis should just be Yiddish, I believe. Okay. And Bubkis literally just means nothing or empty yeah. or like... So like every time I've heard something called Bubkis, it's like nothing but in a negative way that it's nothing. Yeah. And this show is Bubkis and that it's in, in the negative way, it's nothing. Yeah. But that's not true. I... Not, not to spoil our, our review. I legitimately love this show. The show was quite good and it has actors I enjoy as well, which is a positive always. Yeah. Including the star actor, Pete Davidson. Honestly, Pete Davidson's a great actor. I don't know why people hate him so much. He is a good actor. I feel like people hate Pete Davidson for the same reasons they hate Justin Bieber and Nickelback. Because it's just fun to hate them? Because they're Canadian. Uh, that also makes sense. Is Pete Davidson Canadian, though? No, he's from New York. Mm. Uh, no, the joke is that people hate Pete Davidson because they're popular and yeah. successful. Like, nobody actively dislikes Nickelback except for, like, the years of ingrained, like, culture that have made people dislike Nickelback. Yeah, because one internet joke that everyone just took as fact for some reason. And, like, Justin Bieber got hate, but only because, like, he was a successful teen pop star and, like... People overly obsessed with him yeah. so criticizing it became a thing that people would just do mm-hmm. though i still don't think his early works nearly as good as like the no, stuff that he himself 
as like made now but like also he was literally a kid yeah exactly like the amount of hate he got was ridiculous mm-hmm. that's my thing with pete davidson people hate him because he's popular because there's a there's a large mass of people that like him and people don't want to like the thing people like yeah it's, like my opinion of pete davidson's not very large he's been in a few things that i like and other than that i don't know shit about him apparently he started off with like cameos on mtv stuff yeah specifically like he did four episodes of guy code yeah i believe so that and then right. eventually at the age of 20 being one of the youngest people ever landed a role a permanent role in snl yeah i knew he'd been on snl i'd seen a few snl sketches that had had him but like yeah mostly i know him from like the suicide squad king of staten island yeah and uh his cameos in the rookie where he plays yep. nate fillion's brother yeah exactly but this show stars pete davidson and we should get into episode one which is entitled... a magic moment yeah yeah you just you just had a snipe that i did that just to bother you exactly i mean you did it while i was talking even like exactly just to bother you that's the type of episode we're going for today so episode one is a magic moment episode starts with pete on a like oculus headset just searching google for himself which you should never do no matter your level of fame never search yourself on the internet it's never good if you're not famous searching yourself on the internet can be a great way to like determine like how findable on the internet you are and how much like more effort you need to put into like hiding yourself on the internet yeah Yeah. i guess or just don't use the internet but when you're famous searching yourself is never going to turn up the stuff you want yeah i know because every celebrity no matter how beloved they are has forums of people just hating on them and oftentimes for what seems to be very legitimate reasons but like it's just because people like focus on micro like things yeah very and, tiny and details that don't them really out. matter like, yeah yeah which is what happened to justin bieber like, yeah let's be honest but it's wild how much i'm defending bieber in this episode <laughs> it is you have taken a stance oh like god i'm gonna digress so hard here <laughs> it's like I've been recently, like, catching a bunch of, like, the old, like, stuff that happened to Bieber as he was, like, a teenager. Okay. And, like, he was, like, sexually harassed by, like, t- TV talk show hosts and stuff. Yeah, no, All everyone. the time, just because he was, like... The young teenage heartthrob. And, like, that shit's fucked up, dude. Yeah, no, he, being a young famous person is really fucked up. Like, we're so lucky he turned out way better than he did because mm-hmm. there's no reason why he didn't just become a complete menace to society. Yeah, I would agree. But, yeah. So, Pete Davidson looks himself up and he's just finding all kinds of articles that are just, like, oh here's everything wrong with pete davidson pete davidson has butthole eyes that is an article title that we see in this search do i know what that means no i assume it means they think his eyes look like buttholes i think they're saying his eyes are sphincter shaped yeah that's what i'm saying which is weird yeah very and then he's just like well that's not what i want and decides fuck it i'm just gonna go to pornhub and so he goes to pornhub and finds a 3d video and i I do have one thing to say real quick sorry so he's using a vr headset right and he's in fucking light mode on google do you realize how much whiteness you're seeing that point you're just searing your eyes because it's all white except for like the google logo nobody i've ever met is as allergic to light as you are no i get that but like imagine like a pure white screen bright right up against your fucking eye also does google have an official dark mode i mean it does on mobile at least mm. i remember the days where you had to go to blackhole.com to get yeah dark google. yeah and that wasn't like an official google it was a proxies yeah but no he's, he's just using white mode and i having used vr headsets and having a white screen pop up especially if you go from like a dark screen i'm just saying it's painful but so he gets on pornhub pulls up a video and he was sitting down but realizes shit if i'm gonna jack off to this i need to go get the lotion and that's over the camera pulls back from where he's sitting on the couch all the way back into like the kitchen it's just sitting on the counter he's like not the kitchen his closet oh yeah and we just hear him say fuck which is saying closet is weird because it's not like it has doors or anything it's like a giant walk-in u-shaped area yeah yeah but so he gets up with the headset on walks over to the closet pumps some lotion and starts i mean he stumbles 
over to it. And starts jacking to this uh, Pornhub video. Meanwhile, upstairs, he's his mom going through the mail. She finds a letter for him. It looks like she's going to set it aside, but then she hears the noise from downstairs, calls him to see what's up, gets no reply, and so she starts to head down there. Yeah, she takes his laundry and the mail and starts heading downstairs. Meanwhile, this video that started off as like a interview, like a person interviewing for a position in POV porn. I think they were interviewing for like a job as a teacher. Yeah, and like, but we're willing to do whatever it takes to get the job. Transitions into step-sibling porn with also like a guy just out. The best part is this guy outside the window staring into the room in this Pornhub video is not part of like the 3D like world of, of the Pornhub yeah. video. So it's just like a still image that was, mm-hmm. t- yeah, it's just, he's and, stuck and there. Pete Davidson knows and he's just like, what are you doing? Get get out of here. And then Makes eye contact. Like, I, I guess you're part of it now. And then he looks over to the other side and it's just like a bunch of stuffed animals and shit. And he's like, okay, we're getting freaky, but whatever. And so he's like really getting, really getting into it, really getting into it. And he's around the corner in the closet area. Yeah. And his mom comes down the steps and turns the corner just as he blows his load all over her like chest and face yeah so and he, got, he starts to take off the vr goggles because he's done with them makes eye contact with his mother and he's just like uh and she turns around with the laundry and just was like these could use another go yeah and walks up the stairs she's like dinner will be done and blah, blah, blah. uh we then cut scenes from that to pete coming out of the basement where he, okay so need to clarify pete doesn't live with his mom obviously right like yeah. this is based off the actual pete davidson pete's mom and sister live with him mm-hmm. because pete davidson is is a highly successful comic and actor. Yeah, he just lives in the basement because there's less light there, so it's better inherently. I think it's probably... Also, you get a lot less sound in a basement. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the basement's more like just because it's a, it's essentially a separate, like, mm-hmm. residence and... It feels very separate from the rest of a house normally. And, like, basements are more soundproof just naturally so he can have his friends over and stuff and, like... Yeah. Yeah. So, um, he tries to, like, sneak out of the basement and out the door when his mom turns around from the kitchen because the living room is pretty open concept Mm -hmm. and she's just like where are you going dinner's ready you ask us to live with you and then you're just never here we we need to spend some time together and he's like yeah i think we need some time apart you know just like some some time away from each other not so face to face and he's like wait a minute are you still wearing the shirt she is still wearing the exact same shirt she's like well yeah but i'm gonna do i'm gonna exercise later i'm gonna do some some peloton i don't want to dirty up another shirt and he's like i'm gonna go you change your shirt he isn't just like you change your shirt he like opens the door leave and then before he leaves turns around and goes change your shirt yeah and then we are in a different scene where pete and this woman are sitting in the front seat of his car it's just like in the parking lot of a fast food place and he is apparently just finished telling her about all of this off camera and she just finds it fucking hilarious which honestly it kind of is obviously traumatizing for pete davidson but a funny thing for most people to hear about and she's she's also like and your mom literally just saw your cum face and he's like i don't have a cum face and she's like you you do and he's like what is it then and she's like it, it looks like you're trying to hold back vomit while also solve an incredibly difficult calculus problem. Yeah. And he's like, this isn't funny. And she's like, yeah. Yeah. He's like, no, that is a, that is another core memory. I'm going to have to add another therapist. It's going to be a whole thing. And then his grandfather tries to call him. Yeah. And and he just hangs up. Well, refuses the call. Yeah. And she's like, dude, you need to talk to your grandpa. Like, he's like, it's not a good time to be around my family anymore. Okay. So he heads home. No, no. Because then we have her go, oh yeah, that's just like you. Oh yeah. He's like, what? She's like, you're running things get tough with people you love and you just run you don't deal with your problems she's like what no i don't do that that's definitely not me she's like remind uh, me how we broke up no she's like okay okay fine we'll stop talking about it hey do you remember why we broke up and he's like oh now you've made it awkward i'm gonna call you an uber 
Uh, I think like the point is like he did that when they broke up. Like he just was running away from a problem. Yeah. And she's like, see, see, it yeah. is what you do. So then he's driving home alone and listening to voicemails left by his grandfather, who's mm-hmm. like, Pete, answer the phone. You stood us up for dinner. Where are you? You got me chasing you like a bitch, uh, like a broad, like a broad. It's my- Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci's not going to call someone a bitch, but he will call them a broad. Uh, Joe Pesci would definitely call. Someone <laughs> oh yeah, a bitch. yeah. No, you. You're I can wrong. probably Google that and find it. You yeah, know, like he, defi- he definitely seconds. has. But no, it's a uh, his grandfather is played by. Joe Pesci, so fucking great. Joe Pesci's an amazing actor. This show has just a great cast. Yeah. And so... For instance, his mom is Eddie Falco, mm-hmm. known for her role in The Sopranos. And Nurse Jackie, which is the one I watched. I've not watched either, but I'm aware of her existence. And so we then have our next scene, which is Pete at the tattoo parlor, where he's just talking with his laser technician, like, about how he searched himself. And she's like, Couldn't yeah, find but... anything good. And then, yeah, she's like, yeah, but Hyper Beast called you the voice of a generation. Yeah. Also, apparently he's getting a tattoo removed, but from the way they're talking, it's a tattoo that he's already gotten before and then gotten removed and gotten again and is now apparently getting removed again and she's like you know you should stop like you just can't keep you can't keep doing this it's not good for you he's like yeah but it feels good for me no he doesn't say that she hits him with the laser and he's like ow and she goes you know you like it's like yeah i did so we go from that to a local diner where we meet peter's grandfather for the first time who is joe laraca played by joe pesci like you said pete's still in pain from his tattoo removal yeah and his grandpa's just like oh did you get another one of those tattoos and he's like no i'm actually getting removed now he's like oh i thought you would get another one a ball here on this eyebrow one over here and then a dick just down your nose he's like do you think i'm a joke he's like i mean kind of uh yeah he basically says that pete is a complete joke and will never amount to anything kind of yeah and he's just like look i'm getting my tattoos removed because i want people to take me seriously and i think if i look more serious people will treat me that way and then his grandpa's just like no if you want to be treated more seriously you got to stop being a fucking kid and then look at you you're just a kid that's all you're doing you're just running around acting like a kid and then some guy comes up and is like oh hey pete can i get a picture with you and pete's like yeah okay sure and i mean you're not wrong but there's an important thing right before that oh yes my bad you're you're right yeah you should, yep so first and a call back to the just scene with the laser recognition pete's like well hyperbeast called me the voice of a generation his grandpa's like i don't think that was supposed to be a compliment and then he starts coughing and he sets down his napkin and it's red and pete's just like is that blood and his grandpa is just like no that's ketchup but i am dying and then the guy comes up and is like hey can i get a picture with you he hands his phone to joe and is like hey old man can you take a picture of us yeah and joe is like you know you have no manners you could have come up and been like hey i'm sorry to interrupt you but like could, could i get a picture da, da, da. but you just come up and insist that you're gonna get a picture you know what that gives you and just hand someone else your phone you know what that gets you it gets you your phone on a root beer float and drops it into the river float he had ordered yeah. for pete and the guy's like what and joe is like get your phone and get yeah and then he turns to peter he goes like is this the generation you want to be a voice of and then joe lights up a cigarette and pete's just like can, can you do that in here <laughs> and joe's like first he's like should you be doing that and his, his grandfather's like you want me to quit now i'm already dying yeah. he's like but can you do that in here and then we cut to them outside on a park bench, both smoking now. Yeah. And they kind of just talk, and Joe's just like, look, man, I'd love to spend more time with you, but, like, you've been around for, like, two months now, and we've spent, like, no time together. You just do whatever it is you're doing, and honestly, if there was one thing I could really do now, you know, before I go, is I'd like to get to know you better. And so Pete's like, hmm, yeah, boys night out, got it. Yeah. And so Pete promises, like, he's like, we'll send you out with a bang. And yeah. his grandfather's like, you know, we could do, like, two bangs. A couple of bangs. Yeah. And so... So Pete kind of misinterprets that. Mm-hmm. And we cut back to the basement. 
and it's just Pete and his friends sitting on a giant sectional. Pete, his friends, and his personal assistant. Yeah, watching a show. And Pete's just like, look, my grandpa wants to do a guy's night out. I, I don't even know what you do on one of those. This is what we do. This is what the guys do. We just chill and watch stuff. This is guy's night. I don't think this is what he has in mind. Yeah, and Evan's like, hey, so you got a dermatologist appointment and a fitting at the same time tomorrow. What do you uh, want me to do about it? Which one do you want to do? Like, And Pete just gives him a thumbs up. Yeah, and then, so actually, he didn't mention the whole guys and I don't think yet, because Evan yeah. does that. And then Evan's like, you seem down, man. What's up? And then Pete's like, my grandpa's dying. He wants to do a guys and I don't. This is our guys night. What is it? Mm-hmm. Like, what does he want to do? And then one of his friends is just like, you could get him laid. And they're all just like, oh, yeah, you could. And they're talking about what a great idea it is. And Evan in the background goes, this is going to be my problem isn't it and then we change scenes and guess what it is evan's problem i feel so bad for evan throughout this episode he's like the dude's just trying to do his job yeah but yeah so evan sets up a video call with a high profile like uh escort yeah an escort and He's the one on camera talking to this escort. He's like, it's not for me. It's for my friend's grandpa. And she's like, is your friend's grandpa in the room right now? He's like, no, it's really not for me. And Pete's like, I'm just going to handle this. And he comes well, around. well, no, she asks, like, what do you want then? He's like, um, you know, like kind, gentle, soft, soothing, like loving kind of. Um, and and, um, and then um, Pete's like, the fuck, man? And he comes around and he's like, I want to handle this. And she's like, oh, I get it. Yeah. I've, I've had high notoriety customers before. He's like, no, no, it's really not for me. And she's like, oh, yeah, I get you. I'll see you later then. And he's like, no, no, it's for my Grandpa Joe. And she's like, okay. Does a wink, Grandpa Joe. And she hangs up. Yeah. So then Pete is outside, I think, an old folks home. I don't know if it's an old folks home. It could also be a hotel. We're pretty close up on the entrance of the place. So yeah, I can't tell, to tell how tall it is. Or... It could just be an apartment building as yeah. well. But Joe comes out. And then Pete's like, yeah, you ready? This is going to be a great guy's night out. Let's get going. And then Joe's like, well, Roy's Uncle Roy's coming too. And, and then Pete's just like, what the fuck? This is supposed to be just us. I don't like Roy. I don't want to be doing stuff with Roy. And his grandpa's like, there you go being selfish again. I told you like the only way to really make yourself happy or make other people take you seriously. It's a thing we didn't mention that from the dining yeah, room. Yeah, the dining room. You need to stop being so selfish and care about making someone else smile. Yeah, he's like, you're always like running around acting like a kid. But if you really want to be happy, you got to try making other people happy mm-hmm. and like that was the dynasty and like so pete kind of grumbles but then roy gets in the car he's like hey uncle roy which... and uncle roy is played by brad garrett who's fantastic yeah if you don't recognize him off the top of your head one of his most notable roles that i think people remember him for is playing robert the brother to raymond and everybody loves raymond mm-hmm. another show where the comedian made a show based off of things in their life yeah and fucking he's a fantastic actor so. indeed he is but before he gets in the car joe is actually like we gotta let him come with us his his wife just died and pete's like she died eight, eight years, years ago. ago yeah so uncle roy gets in the car also uncle roy isn't pete's uncle he calls that out before roy gets there yeah but he's just a close family friend yeah so they end up at this very nice like bar restaurant it's hard to tell it's like the type of bu- fancy bar restaurant that's in a hotel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're all just like oh this is a really nice place and then up walks donna the escort and she's like oh do you boys have a drink you could spare because they have like very nice champagne or wine it's hard to tell what it is yeah and Grandpa Joe's just like, of course, for a nice young lady. And then Pete's trying to get Roy to come over to sit by him so Donna can take the seat by Grandpa Joe. Yeah. And so eventually Roy does move over, even though he's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to. I'm comfortable here. And Pete's just like, get the fuck over here so I can talk to you. Yeah. And then Donna sits down and Roy and Pete are kind of talking for a second. And Joe's just like, 
she's a prostitute. No offense, but... Yeah, and she, she's not upset by it at all. But Joe is offended that Pete got him a prostitute. And Roy starts laughing. He's like, you don't need to get Joe a prostitute. He was the biggest lady killer back in his day. Yeah, and Donna's like, well, I see it's getting a little tense here. I'll be back in a minute. So she gets up and walks away. They th- The three of them kind of hash it out. And we could skip forward in the night. Mm-hmm. They're all having a good time. And this guy comes up and he's just like, hey, Pete, can I get a photo with you? And Joe goes, hey, it looks like we need a root beer. And everybody starts float. laughing. Yeah. And like <laughs> the three of them start laughing and the guy looks really confused. And Grandpa Joe just says, it's an inside joke and then kind of like weighs the guy off. Yeah. And Pete's like, I'm really happy that you're enjoying yourself tonight because spending $5,000 in the Sinatra suite. And uh, Joe's like... For $5,000, Sinatra better be in that suite. Yeah, and Donna's back with them now at this point, and they're all going to the Sinatra suite. Yep. So they make their way up to the Sinatra suite. <laughs> it's a very nice room. They open it, and as they're looking around, Uncle Roy just goes, If these walls could talk, oh, I forgot the line. Me too. If these walls would talk, they it, would. It's cool. If you want to hear Brad Garrett deliver an excellent, hilarious line, watch the show. Don't go looking it up. Don't. I'm not. Okay. I'm sure I can see if I had it in my notes. I don't. No, actually, that, that could be a thing. Uh, I do not, so. Sad. Uh, so. It's just a really great line delivered by him. Anyways, though, they're all just start having a really good time. Joe starts playing the piano. They, they're all singing, having fun, laughing, taking joking. drinks. And at some point, we skip forward a little bit, and Pete's just looking at Joe, and he's like, I'm really glad we had this chance to bond. He's and like, Joe's just like, yeah, it's a good, been a good night, been a good guy's night. Yeah, and like Pete's getting really sentimental, and Joe's like, you're not getting sentimental on me again. And then Pete stops, and he looks around, and he's like, where's Roy and Donna? And Joe's like, they're in the bedroom. And Pete's like, Pete looks looks at Joe and goes, should we join them? What do you think they're doing? And Joe's like, what do you think they're doing? And Pete's like, no. ah, we should get out of here. Yeah, so they get ready to leave, and as they're headed out, they tell Roy to have fun, and then they hear a scream of pain, and they're like, wait, are you guys okay? And they go to open the doors, and they after they get confirmations that no, they're not. Well, yeah, because Roy, it's not just Roy screams. Like, Roy screams, and then Donna starts screaming. And, and he's like, yeah, no, we're not. We're not okay. So they, they end up barging into the room. And apparently, Uncle Roy has hip dysplasia, and his hip slipped out. And Pete's like, should we call an ambulance? He's like, I'll be fine in a couple of hours. Oh, and during that time, Donna had been, like, patting his shoulder, being like, it's fine. It's happened before you're not the first guy that this has happened with but when he says hours we see her face and she looks petrified like fuck yeah he's like horrible "Uh, it's it's fine we're good you don't we don't have to like finish anything and joe Joe pulls pita's high he's like you gotta do it for him well no uncle roy has the idea first oh yeah okay uncle roy's like well you know actually if i could just get a a little bit of because joe tells pete to go help like at least get roy Uh, yeah off off of of donna but when pete grabs him and starts to move him roy's like well actually i mean if you could just provide a little thrust not a lot i think it could be we could be out of here in a few minutes and pete's like no 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 way. i'm not doing that i'm not doing that and joe comes up and grabs him. he's like i need to talk to you i need to talk to my grandson he's like this is your chance to do something to make somebody else happy put a smile on another person's face and pete's like there's no way i'm doing that i'm just not doing that you do that you're he's, he's like no he's my he's my fucking friend and also he's you know how weird that would be he, he's he's massive i can't do it and then he's like fine he's like roy is this really what you want mm-hmm. and roy's like yeah no it'd be great and he's like donna is this okay with you and she's like it's yeah. fine yeah. yeah and he goes okay let's go then and joe goes well no i'm not i'm not staying yeah so pete goes and starts just rocking roy well joe leaves yeah back and forth and Roy's like, is this how you fuck? Speed it up. Yeah, at a point he's like, hold, hold, hold on a moment. Let me talk to him. Yeah, he's like, pull, pull me out. Yeah. And like, he pull, so Pete pulls him to the side mm-hmm. and Roy's like, is this how you fuck? You, you, you need to put some effort in. And and Pete's just like, yeah, yeah, sure, I guess. And he's like, okay, put me back in. So puts him back in. 
starts providing some effort, and then we cut away. No, there's a great moment here where, uh, as they're doing that, Pete's just like, this is awkward, but he slowly, like, warms up to the idea. Like, he's still not, he's still obviously not comfortable with it, but he's more okay doing it. Yeah. And then Uncle Edgar just goes, I can't believe I'm having sex with Pete Davidson. <laughs> he's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, the, the dialogue in this scene is all excellent. Yeah. No, like, uh, literally, other than, I can't remember his name, it's annoying me. Uh, the actor who played Ray's father in Everybody Loves Raymond, mm-hmm. Brand Garrett was the best, like, character character in that show yeah by a mile in my opinion by a mile and yeah he always got played as the sad sack but like when you gave him actual funny lines and not just being oh i'm depressed because i have a horrible love life in this show it was amazing yeah so we cut away from this and we're back at pete's house it's mm-hmm. late at night joe's pulled a like pyrex container of lasagna out of the fridge and they're debating on warming it up and they're both just like i don't know how fucking long to warm it up for we can just eat it cold and they're like yeah that sounds good and then amy Pete's mom comes downstairs and she's like, you guys got home late. And Pete's like, yeah, we had a guy's night, you know, it was good. And she's like, well, what'd you guys do? All the while taking the lasagna from them, warming it up. Cause she's like, it's, you got, you got to heat it up. It's yeah. going to be even better now. Yeah. Um, and she's like, well, what'd you guys do? And Pete's like, you know, guys night stuff. It, it was like, a well, good time. Well, what'd you guys do do? And he's like, it's fine. It, you know, it was a good time. Yeah. Roy I, had fun. I, I don't know. And Joe, go, Joe goes, Roy had fun. And he, Pete's like, yeah, I don't know. And she goes, what do you mean you don't know? Yeah. And then somewhere in there at some point, his mother makes like some vague statement that makes Pete uncomfortable. Yeah. It's a, it, it's like a reference to the fact that he came on her. Yeah. She, and then Joe notices that. And he's like, what's wrong? What, and, what's that, What's going on here? And Pete's like, it doesn't, it's fine. Nothing. It's all fine. I don't know. And, he leaves says i don't know and he's like so joe's insisting on finding out what's wrong there amy his mother's still insisting on what happened on guys night and pete's just like can't we just be a normal family can't we just have lies and yeah. just not tell each other things can't we keep secrets can't we just keep secrets like a normal family and they're still just arguing and talking about it. he's like okay fine i came on her the other morning and i helped roy fuck a prostitute and that's and the end of the episode it's like so we, good we zoom in on his face end of episode it's so good justice what are your takes on bupkis it has a great cast like episode ev- one obviously everyone in episode one fantastic actors it's really amusing and i quite enjoy how it's done it's nothing innovative as far as like film work mm-hmm. goes but like the comedy is good definitely very crass humor yeah but like still done in a very tongue-in-cheek manner that doesn't make it feel too over the top when it is done and i think the deliveries of a lot of lines really help with that mm-hmm. and i would watch episode two after watching this me too i would also watch episode two this show is i have trouble sometimes getting into sitcoms there are sitcoms i love yeah. namely like community scrubs and 30 rock those are like my trifecta mm-hmm. be- but like i'm a fraser man fair enough the fraser i've watched has been very good yeah but this show is fun. All the actors are just excellent. Their deliveries are all perfect. Yeah, I, I, this episode is just a great first episode. Honestly, this is the type of show where this first episode kind of invalidates the concept of our podcast. Yeah, that happens on occasion. Because this ep- this first episode is so good, like you don't need us to tell you how good the second episode is. Mm-hmm. Because you're gonna when you watch the first episode, you're just gonna be like, yeah. There's seven more episodes left in this season. I wish there were 15. But onwards to episode two, Do As I Say, Not As I Do. That's the title of the episode. Yeah. And we start with Amy, Pete's mother, rushing around yelling at Pete to help his sister get ready and that they're going soon. And this is a flashback. We're in like 2001 at this point. Yep. I don't know if it tells us we're in 2001 or if we pick that up by a context. It ha- it's heavily implied. I don't think it tells us straight out at any point. Oh, it, it's not just heavily implied. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's very obvious. It, it is said in late 2001, probably like October. No. The end of September? Middle of September. Oh, yeah. Middle of September 2001. Uh-huh. Yep. Arguably bare minimum September 18th. Mm, 
if we to use the words to be exactly what I stated, it would be September 18th. I think. Or September 19th. I think we could probably like push and say that it could be as late as like September 22nd. That's why I said bare minimum mm. September 18th. Fair enough. Yeah. So they're rushing around getting ready. And, and like. They're in the car at this point, and, and Pete's asking his mom if it's okay that he got his chain. Yeah. Even though his sister didn't get anything. And his mom's just like, honestly, I don't think she cares. And we flash over to like his toddler little sister. And I think he has like a shoe in her hand. Yeah. And she's like, I also don't think she has any idea what's going on. It's fine, bub. And Pete's like, yeah, we can tell her I'm her dad. He's like, and this show, like this is giving big, like going to funeral vibes. Yeah. And like knowing that and knowing like what I know about Pete Davidson, his history, my, my immediate thought was, oh, this is going to deal with his dad dying in 9-11, in the 9-11 attack. Yeah. Because his dad was a firefighter who died going into a burning building to rescue mm-hmm. people. So we see them walking into a church, walking down the pews. A lot of people are wearing dark colors. And then as they sit down, we move the camera and they're at a fucking wedding. Yes, they're at so, a wedding. Honestly, actually a good swerve here in this, like setting it up does like let us have that information, but we're not at a funeral at a wedding. And I think it's a like really well done bit of sidestepping that. Yeah. And like, we're given like the context clues of like November 11th terrorist attack because like while they're driving to their ter- destination, Amy says something about it being a tough day, but like they, yeah. they got to push through it and because if they don't push through the terrorist win mm-hmm. oh actually it should it tells us the date in the show yep the date is september 28 2001 okay yep here comes the bride hits and joe pesci and the and his wife grandpa joe and his wife are walking down someone else so simply amy's sister mm-hmm. and standing at the altar is a man we soon learn called uncle tommy he's played by bobby cannavale he's been in a bunch of shit he's a brilliant actor yeah he's fantastic if and you, if you don't know bobby cannavale you need to like his work is exquisite yeah he's a really good actor but so we get their wedding which is officiated by steve buscemi so that's just also great oh that's the, the most recent thing i've watched with bobby the watcher that, that that show about oh yeah that was a good show yeah he was also in jumanji too mm-hmm. and he played the bad guy yep boardwalk empire the irishman mm-hmm. he's apparently in the um marilyn monroe docu-pick mm. blonde he's been in a whole bunch of really good things yeah so so then we kind of cut to the reception and we see a lot of like it's kind of intermittent shots of amy and then pete so it's his mom talking to people everyone that talks to her is like we're so sorry for your loss he was a good man blah 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 blah. it sucks that this happened and pete's just kind of running around being a kid at a wedding so in other words a general annoyance to everyone else there and then Pete needs to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And Amy's been upset by all the people, like, wishing her condolences. Yeah, like I just said. It's like, she's just trying to, like, get through it. Yeah. And sometimes the worst thing you can do to somebody, like, trying to deal with trauma is continually refresh that trauma. Yeah. So Tommy decides, hey, it's cool. I'll take Pete to the bathroom. As long as he doesn't got to poop. Yeah. I, I'm not wiping his butt, essentially. Yeah. So they go in and Pete, young Pete, does the thing a lot of young children do. Well, young boys do. And just drops his pants all the way to the ground to use the urinal. And Bobby's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What you doing? You don't gotta do that look pull your pants back up button them back up take the zipper down just reach in pull it out and you're good to go and then as he's washing his hands we hear a and tommy's clearly just taking a bump of cocaine and then tommy's like look do as i say not as i do yeah now it becomes the through line of this episode mm-hmm. and we go from there back to the present where pete is at a like diner slash bar and he's meeting up with tommy 
So Tommy's pretty stressed here. Yeah. He's trying to get something to work on his phone, having a hard time seeing it, but he he's apparently trying to communicate with the Russian bank he works for, which I'm sorry. Like, that just sounds like bad code for I work for the Russian mob. I mean, Bobby Cannavale kind of is typecast as like either secret agent or mobster. Like, Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Those but, are his typecasts. But like, like, it just feels like, oh, you, you work for the mob, don't and you? He, he's having trouble seeing his phone, so he takes yeah. Pete's glasses. Mm. and starts messing with his phone and like pete's like what is it you do exactly i don't like i don't remember and he like explains that he works for this russian bank and pete's like oh so how is that and he's like you know it can be stressful sometimes but like i get to go to russia at least once a year and when i do i listen to the rocky four soundtrack and it pumps me up every time never fails to pump me up pete's like okay okay i'm gonna get us another beer we cut back to the wedding reception and pete's cousin is telling about how his father is taking him to see the new jimmy neutron movie and pete's just like which that movie slapped fucking banger oh hell yeah it's also got like three aaron carter songs on the soundtrack yeah. fucking slaps i went to see that shit in theaters rest in peace aaron carter you will you, your music from your teenage years will be missed Look, dearly. does a four-year-old me remember 9-11 no does it remember seeing the jimmy neutron movie in theaters so actually yeah roughly around 9-11 yes obviously i remember the more important one <laughs> that's such a dark joke <laughs> i distinctly remember 9-11 i was sick at a doctor's office when it happened i, I don't remember news was literally the already on before the tower got hit i assume i was stuck in the doctor office with you probably um so in other words as a young child my brain just blanked everything because it was a doctor office a place of infinite boredom where attention goes to die mm-hmm a hundred percent and so his cousin's like, my dad's taking me to see the new Jimmy Neutron movie this weekend. And Pete's like, my dad's dead. <laughs> Which honestly, so this getting into our real lives, our best friend passed away about, well, my best friend, one of your best yeah, friends. Yeah, one of my best friends. Passed away about eight years ago now. Yeah. And sometimes just the like, oh yeah, my best friend is dead card. It's sometimes fun to pull out the so-and-so is dead card. Like, I'm not doing it to be a dick whenever I do it. I'm doing it because it's funny to me. Yeah. Nobody I've ever pulled the card on except like other friends that are close to us also appreciates the humor of it like when i pull it out on like a rando at work or something they're like oh i'm like no no, no it's funny you, you i mean i also pull out my stepdad is dead because <laughs> without context of how much i did not enjoy the man everyone else is like oh no that's like now i feel bad i'm just like nah it's fucking hilarious <laughs> like you're you're fine man i made a great joke you don't understand the joke but it was superb it was chef's kiss joke which pete davidson's character in this is not doing that but pete davidson the writer is, is doing, doing that, that. Yeah. Like the writer who wrote the joke is 100% doing that. The character in the show is not, but it still like sings to me on a level yeah. that. Uh. But then Pete's cousin's like, yeah, I'm going to miss Uncle Scott. My dad said he was a great man. And then Pete just kind of nods. And from there, we cut to them taking wedding photos. And Peter is essentially just imitating how Uncle Bobby showed him how to pee out of his zipper yeah. while they're trying to take photos. So he keeps taking his finger and sticking it through the zipper. Like, so it looks like a penis. Yep. And his uncle's just like, look, kid, we'll do a silly photo in a moment but let's try to do a serious one and he's like okay and then immediately does it again yeah <laughs> which to be fair is also like another like layer of funny like yeah that is something the kid's gonna do you're gonna tell them just something to be like oh it's gonna be hilarious to agree to this and then not do it but then after that i'll 100 percent do it yeah. like at that point bobby's just like fuck it we're, we're just gonna get funny pictures then yeah like that's it and, and then they all step aside and amy just pulls them over she's like why are you doing this stop we're gonna look at these photos for a very long time and then the their priest intervenes his name's Stephen father Buscemi. i don't care what his father Ac- mac i do not 
care what his television show name is. He is Father Bushimi, and that makes it better. And Father Max, like, look, your father's a hero, kid. Well, you got to respect he, he, that. He says to Amy, "Don't worry, I've got this." Drags yeah. him off to a table, and then it's just like talking about his father to him. And he's like, "Your father is going to heaven, and you got to respect him and like honor him. You can't be doing that by doing the stuff you're doing." And Peach is like, "Uh huh." No, 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 no. The important part here is as they're talking. I was he, getting there. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so he's like it, saying, "Uh huh, uh huh." But as they're talking, he's like, "Yeah, but you know, like your father died on the 11. 11 times three is thirty-three. Your father died when he was thirty-three. Jesus, Jesus died, died when, when he was thirty-three. Thirty-three. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Your your, your father is Jesus incarnate, and he's here right now. He's here." in this room and he's slapping the table yeah, like every like, time he thinks he's, he's made a point the holy spirit's always with us and your father yeah. like when he says 11 times 3 is 33 he slaps the table he says 33 the father the son the holy ghost like slaps the table he's getting very almost um big tent revival christian energy going on here for a catholic priest a hundred percent and he's like your father was a tall man right and then he looks off and he's like yeah i see him here with us right now thank you so much for your sacrifice you were a great man he's like tell your father thank you say it to the room he's here right now he can hear you and, and pete's like pete's starting to like believe him and he's like i don't know if he's believing him or just like fair enough playing and, along with it and mac then goes and we can't let what your father did do go in vain we can't let those terrorists win those talibanians those dirty talibanians is what he says yeah yeah because he um, calls them Talibanians because my brain went, oh, yeah, people didn't know what to call the Taliban then. They just thought it was like an ethnicity. People are weird. But yeah, this whole scene is just Steve Buscemi getting to Steve Buscemi <laughs> yeah. it up. And then we go back to the present. Uncle Tommy's talking to Pete. He's like, yeah, my daughter's soccer team made it to the semifinals. Should make it to state next year. Yeah, the season's ending on Saturday. And he's like, you know, I, I love my daughter, but like, eh, great kid, but eh. And he's like, well, it, it comes across heavy, very heavily that he's like, not a fan of soccer. Like Pete's like, what do you mean? He's like, you'll get it when you're older. And Pete's like, what's that supposed, supposed to mean? mean? He's like, look, me and Mary are having, we're having some problems. And he's like, are you going to get a divorce? He's like, no, we're not getting a divorce. I'm just saying we're having some problems. No, I don't know what's going on. No, we're not getting a divorce. We're Catholics and we live on Long Island. We live in Sta- on Staten Sta- Island. Yeah, on Staten Island. It's Staten Island. And he's like, I'm not saying we're getting a divorce. I'm just saying we're having some problems. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. And eventually. That's all I'm saying. I don't know what's going on. He, he keeps trying to like get more out of him. And Bobby's like, look, can you just go get another beer? Yeah. We get back to the wedding reception and Pete's throwing ice cubes at the dance floor. Yeah. And Tommy's like approaches him. He's like, what, what are, you, are doing? you doing? What are you doing? Cut that out. Come on. We're going to go get cigarettes. Yeah. So Tommy and his friend Donnie and now Pete are in the car heading yeah. to get cigarettes. And Tommy's Donnie's like- just like... Are you sure you want to be married? Like, are you sure this is the way, what's right for and you? And Tommy's just like, I married the woman I want to spend the rest of my life with. This is this is great, man. It's, it's great. I I love everything about it. It's going to be a great time. But he's like, I'm, I just have, a, I'm, I'm having trouble like processing everything. You know, it's a big thing. And Donnie's just like, look, man, you just got to be careful. You don't want to get divorced, and you don't want to sleep on a futon. And Pete's like chimes in. He's like, What's a futon? And Uncle Tommy turns around. He's like, Everything we say in this car doesn't leave this car. Remember, do as I say, not as I do. I'm sorry, I keep doing like an accent. Yeah, but like every character in this show yeah no i am ha- has that new yorker accent mm-hmm. and like i'm not trying to like when i'm thinking about how they're talking I'm like, it's infecting my brain so then tommy's like pete do you know i won the sexiest man of the year in 1992 i beat out paul, paul montello and kyle, kyle hennessy i like, still got the trophy at home it's in the garage and so and all the while donnie's just like nodding along like yeah no it's true i've, I've seen, the, seen the trophy so they pull up to the, the convenience store uncle tommy gets out and donnie's like stuck in a car with a kid he's like he doesn't he don't know how to like relate to a kid he's yeah. like so who's your favorite comedian and donnie and and pete's like what and donnie's like have you seen 
Oh, it's it's like a it's a, it's a rated R movie that he asked about. He's like, "Have you oh, seen?" It's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, was it Shivers? Maybe. No, I don't know. And Pete's like, "No," and he's like, "Oh, you gotta see it's it." It's a great movie. It's a masterpiece. And then Tommy like, comes back out, <laughs> and he, the car turns on, and Creed. peak two thousands rock music starts. It's Creed. It's can the you, band Creed. Can you take me higher? Yeah. And Tommy's just like, fuck yeah, this song's amazing. You know, people I, try to tell you this band is bad. They're the greatest band ever. Well, he's like, Pete. people try to tell you, like, this song is religious and has religious connotations. But it's not. No, it's also, not. Um, before Tommy came back in, we see Donnie also take a bump in the car. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And so as they're talking, Tommy starts singing along with it, and he turns to the back. He's like, Pete, sing along. And he, like, <laughs> yells it at him. Yeah, he's like, sing along, Pete. And Pete's like, I don't I know, don't, the, I don't words. know the words. And then Tommy just absolutely not paying attention to the child in the backseat because he's high off his ass on cocaine like his friend next to him and assumedly also drunk because he just got married he's just singing along to creed on the way back and pete seems to be having fun with it like he's smiling having a good time and so they get back to the wedding and pete asked tommy he's like hey can they play cotton eye joe but they were like yeah go ask the dj let him know you're the dj now so pete walks up and he's like ask the dj well he doesn't say you're the dj now yet. yeah yeah yeah. he approaches the dj and he's like hey can you play cotton eye joe and the dj kind of nods mm-hmm. and so pete walks away then we see him sit down in a corner and time just starts to pass we see grandpa joe his wife marie and pete's mom amy just sitting around talking yeah and like amy is talking about how her and scott's relationship was and like it was like getting better they were talking about making another try of it having another kid and then like eventually it turns to like how her mom never liked scott and how both her mom and dad didn't like scott because they're just like look it sucks that he died like it's a really bad thing but we're here for you you know and she's but, like, no like specifically it's, it's about how her mom didn't like scott because yeah joe clarifies like it's not that i didn't like scott scott was a great guy loved, I just didn't loved think the he was guy right for you but but you know he was a hero like i'm not gonna say he's not but he was a good guy he was a hero i just didn't think he was right for you but like marie amy's mom barely like ever says anything and yeah to the positive and like and he's like, and I know it must have been hard on you, mom, because it happened on your birthday. Yeah. And as they're talking, they continue on. And Yemi's just like, I just don't know how I'm going to be a single parent. I don't think I can do it. And Joe's just like, you're the strongest woman I know. You're my daughter. You've got this. And we're here to help you if you ever need it. And so sometime after this, Tommy walks up to Pete. He's like, didn't you ask the DJ to play Cotton Eye Joe? That was like an hour ago, wasn't it? And Pete's like, Pete yeah. nods. He's like, okay, let's go. He grabs Pete's hand and they start walking towards the DJ. So he walks up to the DJ. And he's like, didn't he ask you to play Cotton Eye Joe? And the DJ's like, well, yeah, I got my own set list though. And Tommy goes, you're playing Cotton Eye Joe. He, no, he rips the headphones off the guy and he goes, he's the DJ now. Play Cotton Eye Joe. And so they all start dancing on the floor, doing the uh, line dance to Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah. And as they're doing that, we see Tommy just glaring at the DJ over the other heads of other people because Bobby kind of always a tall motherfucker and an intimidating motherfucker. Yeah. I would not cross a man that looks like Bobby kind of all. No, God, no. Because I would assume that he has mob connections. <laughs> I know that is like a little bit racist, probably to Italian Americans, but he looks like he has mob connections based on every film I've ever seen. Yeah, because he's the guy in every film you've ever seen fair enough so uh, then after that we see pete getting a giant slice of wedding cake from his grandma marie and so he's sitting next to marie and there's nobody else around mm-hmm. and marie's like i'm gonna miss your father so much and pete goes no you're not you didn't like him and he died on your birthday i know what you did and she's like what and he's like he, he died on your birthday and my birthday is coming up soon and you don't want to know what i'm gonna wish for yeah and <laughs> she just looks startled and 
off-put and slash kind of scared. And he picks up his cake and dish and walks off to another table. Keeping eye contact with it the entire time off the camera while holding this giant piece of cake. Sits down and continues to, like, give her, like, a death stare the yeah. entire time he eats this cake. She does a whole little speech for her daughter because, you know, yeah. mother of the bride stuff. And the entire time as she's giving the speech, we see her look at Pete and he's just staring her dead in the eye and she again looks nervous and it's just great. And then we cut back to the present. Yeah. Pete notices that Tommy has, like, lost some of that spark that made Tommy Tommy. Yeah. So, as they're actually down here, Tommy's like, holy fuck, is that yours? And it's a big... Well, we don't see it yet. Yeah. And okay. Pete's like, yeah, you want to drive it? And he's like, hell yeah. I didn't take you for a MAGA type of guy. A Trump guy. They, they both start laughing. It's a giant... Well, um, it's a yee-yee truck. I was about to say what is locally referred to as a yee-yee truck. Which is just a truck so... Like, it's a truck so big that it should be illegal because it's literally impossible to see people that are like shorter than five and a half feet tall yeah like four it, and a half it's feet just tall. made to kill children basically yeah children and short adults mm-hmm. and like it has a giant blind spot in the front of it it's larger than anyone needs and they only got that big and exist that big because truck manufacturers were taking advantage of a loophole in the tax codes mm-hmm. and Lo- people look it up envy. i'm not making sh- i'm not making shit up yeah look it up trucks only have gotten as big as they have because truck companies realized that they could pay lower tax rates on the vehicles they produced if if they met a certain weight class because it starts to count as a more of a commercial size rather than personal use sizes and which so, has a higher tax so rate for them there was an entire marketing push to convince people that they needed these big ass motherfucking trucks it's why they made it so important that you knew what the towing capacity and the carrying capacity of your truck was because then your truck is being used for a business purpose rather than a private personal use which means that it serves a better use to the economy which means they can sell it with better tax breaks on themselves yeah yeah not making shit up go look this it's up fucked up but yeah it's a big old yee yee truck and Tommy's just speeding through the fucking streets. Yeah. Stop signs, red lights. And Pete is just like holding on for dear life. Yeah. And as he's doing that, Tommy's just like, you know, sometimes existing doesn't seem that great. And he's like, you know, sometimes I just, in like in a truck like this, kind of just want to take it off the bridge, see how far we can go, how many times we skip before we go in the water. And a truck like this, it's a tank. You're going to survive hitting the water. We'll be able to get out. Like, Yeah. And Pete's just looking terrified and he's holding on even tighter. And then Tommy looks over at him. He's like, take your seatbelt off. And Pete's like, wait, what? Take your seatbelt off. Uncle Tommy takes his off. And then Pete's just like, okay, and takes his seatbelt off. They tear through a red light and they're just driving. And then they stop in front of Tommy's place. And Tommy's just like, I just, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. And he's just like, I I don't either. I've never known what the fuck I'm doing. I don't think anyone does. Yeah. You just kind of do stuff. And like during part of this conversation, I think it was like the seatbelt part. Mm -hmm. Tommy's like, look, I know you think about killing yourself. Take your seatbelt off. Yeah. So that leads to the end of this conversation where Pete's like, look, do as I say, man, not as, as I, I do. do. Yeah. But and, an important part from that conversation, it was like basically just do whatever feels right at the time. Mm-hmm. Like the, you may not know what you're doing, but as long as you have an idea of what to do now or whatever you're doing now makes you happy, just do it. Because as they're getting out, I assume it's the reason for this line. Tommy just goes, okay, I'm going to go piss on my house. Yeah. And he just steps up to like the brick wall around his house and just pisses on it as Pete drives away. Yep. And we come back to the past and Pete... He dances. The, uh, the song comes on. Like the DJ is like, I need all the family up here to like mm-hmm. make this dance really special. If you would have got it on the floor and like bust a move, and like Pete gets up and like he had he's been like sneaking alcohol this entire time. And his yes. mom called him for it earlier. He took a drink during his the, the grandmother's toast. toast. His mother allowed it. She's like, it's fine, just take a fucking sip. Yeah, because he was like being a kid, and be like, ah, oh, I got I got an alcohol, and she's like, I don't, I don't give take a, a fuck. sip. Take a like, sip. It's fine. I don't think you're gonna like it. And he takes a sip. He's like, I already feel buzzed. He's like, but as she caught him sneaking drinks, so she's 
like, I mean, I guess your dad would be proud to know you're drinking at your first wedding. Mm-hmm. Just and try so, to fucking be subtle and, about it. And so a drunk, like, eight-year-old Pete is got this, like, unearing, like, swagger and confidence, like, walks out on the dance mm-hmm. floor and, like, becomes the center of attention and busts a move. That, like, yeah, everyone's cheering him. We're doing that whole classic thing of, it's obviously not Pete. We are the perspective that gives the camera sitting in a circle. Yeah. Spinning around as we see people. And then we have the opposite review where it's Pete and the camera spinning around him. And then we go from this to like actual photos of the wedding like, and like yep. a child Pete. And like this episode, very, very sad. Like yeah. it's got a lot of melancholy and sadness and like it's still funny. Mm-hmm. But the tone is a lot sadder than the first episode. And we learned at a point that Uncle Tommy's making weapons in his garage now. Like, he's just making weapons as a hobby. I only mention it because this final picture looks like three Wu-Tang symbols that are either supposed to be, I assume, either the shittiest fucking Batarangs or possibly, arguably, usable Wu-Tang-shaped axe heads. Yeah. So that's the end of episode two. Do as I say, not as I do. Justice. Bubkiss, episode two, what you think? You know, I got Bubkiss to say about this in a negative way at all. It's a fun show. Like, I honestly don't think it's for everyone because, like I said, it is crass humor and this one does get a bit sad slash dark. Mm-hmm. But I can't actually think of any real negatives to the show. Well, I think when you're looking at a show, like Pete Davidson is writing. Yeah. And Pete Davidson is diagnosed BPD. Like, mm-hmm. he has bipolar disorder. And, like, the show is not, the show doesn't come out and say that at any point. I'm, I'm going to spoil it. After we watched these two episodes, I went and binged a bunch more of the show. The show doesn't come out and say, oh, Pete has bpd but like it really deals with bipolar disorder like, and, like swinging tones of episodes back and forth yeah swinging tones of episodes like him swinging like going from like super manic and like super excited to do stuff to like just sitting on the couch not wanting to do anything yeah like, it really does like keep a focus on bpd even though it doesn't like mention it by name nice and that's part of like the tone of the show and it, I, I could see it giving a viewer kind of like tonal or even emotional whiplash i could see it yeah but in this in the same sense people dealing with bpd experience that type of stuff every day yeah i don't think that's a negative on the show no, especially, 100%. If, especially if you feel like it's something the show is trying to do on purpose then it's definitely not a negative it is mm. a positive no. representation of what they're trying to do i was just saying like that could be a way it could turn people off yeah 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 but like for me it's a very good representation yeah definitely i think bubkis is worth a good watch because it's good and i plan on watching more mm-hmm. you were just talking about how it was a turn off yeah. it could be turned uh, off for on, some people on that note though if you do want to watch bubkis it is only on peacock at the moment yes so there's that Ugh. peacock but peacock does have a free trial sign up so if you just wanted to watch oh, yeah. Bupkiss, or like you wanted to watch a WrestleMania or something in the past. Like I'm not, tr- I'm not pushing yeah, 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 yeah. Like there's so much stuff on Peacock, The Office. If you're a fan of bad comedy shows, uh, but if you're a fan of good comedy shows, Bupkiss is on there. So it's definitely got a wide variety of things to look at. I think it also has. I don't remember. I don't remember the name of the show. I was watching it a while back. Mm. Doesn't matter. But it's got a bunch of stuff. So yeah. make a free trial. Watch some stuff. See if you like it. You can watch all of Bubkiss's first season. Eight episodes. It's not too hard. 24 minutes each. Plus commercials. Yeah. There might be a Peacock tier where you don't have to watch commercials. I have no idea. I don't pay them money. Neither they do I. It came with my internet subscription. Yeah, it came, with, it came with our Comcast. Yeah. But yeah, so you like the show? Yeah, I do. Me too. I really enjoyed Bubkiss. I really like Pete Davidson. Like you said, the cast in the show is so good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's not a single casting choice in here that I would change. Like, even when we just get some of the worrying well-wishers for Amy, I recognize some of them because mm-hmm. they've been enough shit and I'm just like, I don't have a problem even with the background characters. I'm like, mm, the like sh- everyone's enjoyable and good. There's an episode that has uh, 
Ray Romano in it. He plays Ray Romano. He plays himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he's in a drugged out delusion that Pete has, <laughs> and it's so good. Like, I promise you, when you get to that episode, it's mm, the show is so good. Yeah. That's but, all I, the show is yeah, great. I think that's all we really have to say. So, if you want to reach out to us and let us know your opinion on Pete Davidson, if you hate him for no good reason, or if you are like the one person in existence who actually knows the guy and hates him for an actual reason, sure. Actually, I assume there's probably other people who know actually know him and may dislike him. I assume that they're but, like, they're, I assume like anybody, there are legitimate reasons to dislike yeah, him. Yeah. But like, if you have legitimate reasons to like him, you could let us know. If you think he's the greatest fucking person ever, you could let us know. I don't give a fuck. Whatever you want to tell us, you can do so by emailing us at copilotsreview at gmail.com or hitting us up on Twitter or Hive at copilotsreview. Yeah. And you can find links to both our Twitter and our email by going to copilotsreview.simplecast.com, which also has links to our iTunes, Spotify, every, every podcast catcher essentially, as well as YouTube, Discord, Patreon, you know, all the normal things. Yeah. Anyways, though, thank you for flying with us and please fly again soon. Thank you.